Need new beats for your headphones? Check out eMusic. Over 2 million tracks. Log on and get 25. Head banging. Root raising. Speakers cracking. Slow dancing. Hips grinding. Beats slamming. Trouble tweaking. Tunes. That's 25 free MP3s. eMusic.podshow.com. He walks on the street from Chelsea to Times Square. A personal chef without his cookware. He tells his stories with his minty name, Steve. Viva Remarkable, Steve Remarkable, Viva Remarkably Mark. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the second in the series of special PodCamp Philly podcasts. And uh, this was the second. Uh, in this series of sessions about the ADM, the Association for Downloadable Media. This session took place in the afternoon, and it was led by Lee Gibbons, who is the founder and CEO of Podango. And uh, on the panel were uh, Gretchen Vogelsang from MommyCast, Matthew Snodgrass from Porter Novelli, and uh, John C. Havens, who is one of the lead organizers of PodCamp NYC. And just like the first session, it was really lively. There was a bunch of people in there that had lots of questions, lots of comments, and lots of great thoughts. So here is part two. So some of you are carrying over from the earlier discussion about the ADM, and uh, we're all here to talk about industry association, that sort of thing. Um, Is that right? That's the flight we're on. If that's not what you're (laughs) intending now, it'd be a good time to get off the plane. Um, But I am interested in knowing where you do think we're going. So I'd like to open this up. First of all, let's introduce the people on the panel in case you don't know them. And then I'm going to kind of turn the mic your direction and let's talk, talk about what you're hoping for from this session so that we walk out of here fulfilled, all right? So first, first of all, let's start with you, Gretchen. Introduce yourself and we'll move down to Matt and John. I'm Gretchen Vogelzang and I'm a co-host along with my partner Paige Henninger of Mommy Castle. And the Red Sox jersey in the back there. Go Phillies! Phillies <laughs> <laughs> and Sox fans. <laughs> um, I'm Matt Snodgrass. Um, I work for uh, Port Novelli in uh, digital marketing. Uh, coincidentally, along with Gretchen's husband, Paul, who works in Port Novelli in our DC office. <coughs> Familial, I guess. Yeah. That's one word for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ADM. Oh, and a member of ADM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm John Havens. I'm uh, Vice President of Business Development for Blog Talk Radio lead organizer for PodCamp NYC and also a member of ADM. And previously, some of us know you from your about.com days being the podcast guy there. The, 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 I didn't use the right term though. You were the guide. I, I love the last D off of that. I think my closers are terrible. Um, so anyhow, yeah, thanks for the introductions. Uh, any questions for any of these guys about what they do? I'm Lee Gibbons. I'm CEO of Podango and uh, that's who I am. Now, um, any questions for anybody here really quickly about any extensions of those thoughts, what, what they do, what, what their angle is on an association? I think it's kind of obvious, right? We have podcasters, we have uh, providers of services, and we have advertising and, and PR. Um, so it's an interesting mix of, of folks to have the conversation with, but even more interesting than that is on the other side of the desk here. Um, what are you hoping for from this session? Information, what are your thoughts, David? Well, I was at the earlier session. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get some clarification about you know, the analogies made between like association and unity. There were comments made about you know standards. You know thoughts were brought up about you know whether or not there's um, 
uh, pricing models and what people are to expect, you know, once a certain quality level is set by, let's say, an association like the EDM, um, what that means for the podcasters who are out there. Good. Other thoughts on what we'd like to walk out of here with? Yes. I'd like to understand the, the charter, what, what the mission is, and what, what the goals are of EDM. Okay. Um, their their mission and charter is stated on on the association is it's association for downloadable media dot org or com org okay um, so you can find you can find that there thirty words or less right what, 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 what you, what's your main objective uh, I'm not I'm a member of the ADM having joined I'm not a founding member of the ADM um, so I wasn't around to vote on all of that stuff or put that initial framework in place. Uh, First of all, the disclaimer that I'm told that that is also uh, something that can be defined or redefined by the membership as the thing forms. So right now what you really have is a shell. Um, and that shell can be filled with what podcasters want to fill it with in a certain sense. However, with that stated, um, the primary mission, if you have association for downloadable media, it's to do stuff around downloadable media. And one of the chief concerns there is how do you monetize it one of the chief concerns about monetization is people are used to dealing with either uh, Nielsen ratings or they're used to Arbitron or something like that to be able to get some standards around, you know, what is an audience? How do you measure that audience? And those, those standards are, I think, the, the core of what motivated Susan Broughton and some of the other good folks to get together and, and do the right thing to start to push the ball forward toward an association. In the course of that, um, my view is that there's some overreaching to try to make sure everybody feels like it's a big enough tent. Um, but those are adjustments that are going to be made over time. That's, so, that's why you see some of the inconsistency. I had three members of the ADM up here this morning with kind of three different stories, right? And some preferences as to where they'd like to see it go. So that's my answer. How would you guys augment that answer? That's a great answer. Yeah, me too. It's a start of an answer. So yeah, we, and, and to, well, are you satisfied with that answer? I think what I heard today was a shell that can be basically anything the membership decided today that's focused on digital download media. So and it yeah. sounds like the primary issues surrounding it right now are rates and ratings and, and how to measure, measure that. Is that. Is that right? Is that better? In as much, I mean, again, this is for me. In as much as, um, I mean, I'm sort of in a unique position that I have no, I frankly have no vested interest in the success of podcasting. I'll have a job either way at a peer, peer agency if it fails or success. And I surely cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love what podcasting has done, opened up unrestricted, unfiltered voice from people that are experts in the field, whatever that field may be, be it motherhood, be it weddings. Um, and it's not, it doesn't have that slant on it that you know it came from a, a corporate um, um, reference or you always question it was it Fox News well what was their agenda behind saying that it's just like here's my brain in an all in an mp3 and that's one of the things I love about it. I love the industry I love the potential of where it's going over this last year I've seen I'm, I'm worried about the lack of growth and the and the filtering off of growth as we go from um, 05 at 11 percent of the US to only 13 percent in, in, in 06 uh, adopting podcasting. I'd like to see that keep going up. And to, to go back and answer some of the questions, the union, no. That was probably just a bad term that maybe somebody, I don't know, brought up. <laughs> but but it, believe me, his heart was in the right place because it was a great analogy as being an actor and what uh, a Screen Actors Guild can do for an individual in, in as much as that. 
is not a union, it is an industry group, uh, in much like the IAB or the MMA or the NAB or, or any other industry group. Um, and in terms of standardizations, again, we're, we're making mistakes along the way of, we have the, you know, we have the best interests at heart, and we think we've communicated the right way, and we realize we haven't. Lee's been a great resource to us to, re to go, you didn't really communicate it the right way. You might have had good intentions behind it, but there's these other assumptions, and we go, oh, yeah, we see how it could have been taken that way, and that's not what we meant. So, so a term like standardization, which we throw around in the agency world as a, a term that means something, does not by any means mean you must adhere to these standards. It's just a means of facilitating advertisers to go, oh, I know what I'm getting if I were to buy on your show. Yeah, and I want to touch on, we had lunch and talked about aspects of our talk this morning. It's the first time we did it. So I use the word union. I'm obviously never going to use that term again. <laughs> I, use, I, use, I said this is an analogy to union. All I meant is that when you talk to somebody, you have to have a common language. And when I, when I was an actor, not for ADM, when I was an actor, being in the union meant very quickly a producer, a director, knew that I was a union actor. They had to pay me a certain amount of money. There were, there were laws and rules regulating it. That I don't want to use scary language for the ADM. That was my acting background. What I liked about the union, there were a lot of things I didn't. One thing I liked is I worked hard to get in that union. I got health insurance for that union. ADM is not promising that. My point is, is that what I see an opportunity for us to do in the podcasting space, even if it's not ADM, is to say, here's a bunch of things all of us agree on as content creators. That's my background is as a podcaster as well as being a writer and in the now the network space. Here's a bunch of things we agree on, that, and this is the inherent value, a monetary value, as well as the fact that we're so passionate about it. And now, hey, advertisers or other people who may pay us, we want to communicate that value as a unified voice. Will there be disagreements before that unified voice comes forward? Of course. Will certain people make more money and other people lose money? Of course, we live in the real world. But if as a unified force an advertiser start, starts to see, oh, you know, Lee's show on whatever gets 10,000 downloads or MommyCast reaches moms effectively and I want to pay them, I want to make darn sure that the advertisers don't have to spend three hours and with all due respect, come to a pod camp even. I want to see in, in 10 seconds or less, they can go to her site, see a piece of literature, and know it. And if it's ADM, great. But anyway, that's my whole point about union. Lose that analogy altogether. I just mean a certain conversation that right away people know, oh, you do this, you do this, now we can talk and maybe have business. You know, another way to, to say that very uh, quickly is uh, we're trying to go fast, right? We're trying to facilitate frictionless interactions around money. Two things do that. If you have a common language, I mean, what if we had to negotiate what a dollar was worth every time we walk up to the counter in the grocery store? It wouldn't help us a lot in terms of getting through there very quickly. It seems slow enough already, right? The second thing is you have to have trust. You have to be able to trust that that standard exists and that there's kind of a stamp of approval. There are some organizations that have given that to old media. This is a new media trying to grow up very quickly. And I think that that's what this is about. It's about establishing lingua franca and trust. And when you get to those two things, then you can start to go faster. And some of that means there has to be some standardization and some argument about how to get to that standardization. Mark had a question. So, thanks, Mark, and they'll come up to How? Uh, Robert. I, I, I'm not even sure exactly how I'm trying to ask this, but it, it, it sounds confrontational, but it's really not meant to be. How is this uh, different from, say, an organization like Podshow, and how would this organization be different from Podshow? 
it, in no way would we even attempt to think that we have anything to do with the content, the content whatsoever. Um, it's not, it's no, it's no sort of business envelope above your, above your production or, or your content, in no way, shape, or form. Um, as an industry group, it lives, it lives merely alongside of the track of podcasting as an industry, as a resource, as to facilitate it. Um, Frank Neal, who is a long-standing uh, um, radio guy in Philadelphia and has, has done radio in Florida and, and, and North Carolina and Philadelphia for a long time, had a great example actually at lunch of, of finding information that was related to an ad buy in, in, in New Mexico. Well, I, yeah, I equated the um, disorganization to the RAB in radio, which is simply Radio Advertising Bureau, and it's simply a resource for information. Uh, in and of itself, the organization uh, promotes radio as a whole, not individual stations or individual companies, but rather the values and benefits of it to the advertising community as an industry. Uh, there's white papers on success stories for radio station WWDX in, in um, Cleveland uh, for whatever advertising category. And it's a way to, if you are looking to monetize your, your podcast, uh, there's a simpler way to do it. There's an information share, uh, and there's sort of a sense of community in promoting podcasts and legitimizing it as a whole. I'm sorry, I know there's a question right here, but I guess part of the question that was missing the way I asked it was, it sounds confrontational, I know it's bad, but my, my fear is, in a situation like this, as good as it is, that finances always drive a wedge into the equation, drives a wedge into people. There's a great community of people here at Podcast Philly, and there are people who would be concerned about how much airtime they get with uh, both the advertising dollars and with the promotion when people talk about the podcast. And maybe it's too early to actually be able to answer this question, but is any thought being given to how to keep everybody as a cohesive unit? We're not more of a union, that, member, but make sure everybody's yeah. on the same page, everybody's happy, everybody's comfortable with the situation. It's a great question. And, and to clarify, the ADM would in no way be the vessel by which advertising dollars flow to podcasts. In, in no way whatsoever. Podcasts can still work on their own to go after advertisers, but they, but being a member of the ADM, they can go, oh, we're now speaking the same language. We now understand that your idea of an ad unit in podcasting is my idea of an ad unit in podcasting. Or if you bring that step up, that up to the network level, a network can use that same language, you know, like a Podango can say, um, this is the means by which I communicate with, you know, being a larger network entity with advertisers or with agencies or with buyers. Um, and as long as we can all decide on what the common language is, along with many member benefits that are, you know, true and tangible that, that John actually helped develop, um, is in no way to take, be at the table of any money being changed hands. I actually look for it as a, as a benefit to help me know kind of how podcasters are viewing their audiences. They can plug into my organization quickly or into another one. They can leave my organization and plug in somewhere else very quickly and have some consistency. I think you need that freedom as podcasters uh, to move, to do what you feel like you need to do what's best for your thing. Let's go to Robert's question, and I'm going to ask Gretchen a question if you don't mind, because she's been president of a dance association that's is it international? National. It's national. It's North American. And have some really interesting learnings from that that go right at, you, at the heart of your question and some other points too. But let's get your question on the table first, Robert. I'm, I'm very excited about, these about this prospect of formation of this organization. And I'm looking at this purely as a trade association, in my mind, is how I'm yeah. equating it. 
of which I've been a member of many. My concern is that it seems that we're opening this up to everybody who can be a part of this. So if you're a potential advertiser, then I've got a potential client as a member of this organization helping to shape it and make decisions. From a business perspective, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. As content providers, as podcasters, we're looking to shape this in our best interest. Do we really want our customers in there negotiating for their best interest in how we shape this organization? Um, That was the only thing that kind of struck me is, well, why do I want my customer in this negotiation here? You know, I think as a content provider, I need to be making those decisions with other like-minded content providers. And then we approach the world of, of sponsors and say, okay, here's what we've got. Now, not to say that, you know, input isn't important from our potential clients, but is it appropriate for them to be part of this organization as well? I think this particular question is probably going to scope what ADM will be as much as anything else, because there's a, you need a certain mix of people to solve a certain kind of problem. And my belief is that the people that are at the table in the founding membership of the ADM are the right group to solve the particular problem we're talking about, about how do you measure what a listener is. Can they buy into that? Can a Matt Snodgrass sit with a Gretchen Vogelzee and look at each other and say, yeah, that's what we call a listener. That's what we call a unique download. Some things like that. When you start to get to some other things that are going to be a little bit separate, there may need to be a separate organization. And that's kind of what caused the, the this conversation to take place initially was that there were some people that were kind of coming from your angle going, wait a minute, I'm a podcaster. Why don't we have all the podcasters get together and do something? And yet there's people who are very interested in podcasting as an industry who also need to get together. And those may not be the same thing. So then this may really is an organization association that's, and, that's and, looking to set standards of yeah. some sort rather than create something for the industry as a... That's, yeah, that's what needs to be decided at large. By, by it's really by more of a standards yeah. Yeah. I mean, body. I think the, goal wasn't, the goal wasn't to be a podcaster's users group. The goal was to sort of raise the tide so all boats float higher, or all boats uh, rise, to, to foster the industry, not just be like a podcaster user. And it was centered around monetization. That was a key yeah. driver. And why, why my money's in is because that's what we do for a living. I also think that that's right? also short And that's why Doug, you called me and said, my money's in is your money. And I said, you know, it really ought to be. I think you that's know? more short term. I think we're long term. We, you know, we need to think about a bigger picture about content protection, intellectual property protection, and copyrights, and that sort of stuff. And that that's the greater goal, I think, down line today. It's let's all get together, agree to disagree on some stuff, sort of work out the kinks. Mm-hmm. And then down the line, there's more power as a group. I mean, because ultimately, you know, I don't, once we start, you know, that's my comment does, we, we create original content for the web. We don't want our stuff out there, someone just throwing up there and stealing it. I mean, for now, for now we're, right now, it's promotion. Great. But, you know, down the line, you know, we want to start getting paid for that stuff. Good. On the same subject, you're moving into a different one. Same subject, Robert please. actually has a really good point in that if you've got people at the same table who have inherently divergent interests, it makes it very difficult because that, you know, what rises the tide for some people actually says, whoa, I'm drowning uh, for other people. So it could, I mean, it's it's a tricky well, for, you know, for an industry for group. people who are deciding whether they want to join. It's like, yeah, well, absolutely. If we have to join in order to to help shape how it will be, and then it turns it to go out in a direction which is divergent from our interests, 
then where, where does that leave us? But you can change it from within. Be, be, be persuasive. It's yeah, a reasonable answer. As, as, an as an industry group, it's not, not going to fit for everybody. It's not going to fit for everybody. No, no, it's a, it's, it'll be a trade organization. And much like the NAB, the IAB, the MMA, or the RAB, everyone's in all those organizations as well. Like 4As are in, yeah. in IAB, and, and, and can I, Microsoft's in IAB. And, and I think there's a clarity issue that I think is pretty paramount. That um, Mark, you were saying before, I think it was Mark, there's no way everyone's going to be happy. I want to state that. No matter what happens in the future, if there's no association of podcasting of any kind, I think, I quite firmly think that in some ways podcasting will die. Meaning companies won't care that podcasting, whatever, they'll just say, I attach a fee to it, it's a distribution model, great. And what I care about and have been so passionate about for the past few years, and in many ways will go away, is its content. So first of all, no one's going to be happy. So, or, or I should say, there's some people that are not going to be happy. However, well, to, to Mark, is this association or not, you're all going to be right. Yeah, so if there is an association, I also want to state whatever it is, ADM, whatever it becomes, there are going to be people that aren't going to be happy. So I want to make sure that in a community standpoint, we talk about community and happy and all these things. There's an aspect to the community which is also, there are hard choices to make. So also, with your Mark had a great comment about what the market will bear in terms of pricing. That's a very important question. But I think in this room and probably in podcasting in general, the number of people who would raise their hands who say with their podcast, not even working in a podcasting focused business, how many people make a living? The hands, if there were 100,000 people in the room that went up, there would be what, 50? If we said how many people make the living off of selling advertising, how many hands would go up? <laughs> okay, well my point being that in general I think not having a voice is a scarier proposition than having one where you come to the table and you are a unified force and saying, whoa, to the people, because long story short, I, I'm not saying advertising, advertisers have all the power, but if, they, if they're ignorant of what we do, if they don't really care, if they don't see money quickly, we're not even on their radar screen. So I'd rather be on the radar screen and risk it. And again, smoke, folks like you are smart enough, it's a standard. It doesn't mean that you still have to stick with it. No, I was just bringing up the point that if they're in on it too, then you know, they're necessarily going to be a little bit yeah. yeah sure. Well, I mean, the, there will be some. I, and we have to have their interest at heart well because they have the money. Um, but to give you a real world example, and I actually want to get to Gretchen's example, um, I did a deal a couple months ago between one of our advertisers and a podcast. And it wasn't the Mommy Cast because we do a lot with Mommycast, but <laughs> it wasn't this one. Um, and because it's such a, still a new medium and the way you do a sponsorship and set it up is a lot of back and forth and well what does this mean and when are they going to mention it, how are they going to mention it, they talk about the product and what's the downloads. We probably spent, I mean if I estimated it in terms of my billable hours and other people on the team and their billable hours that they would dedicate on it, probably about $8,000 in billable hours spent negotiating a $15,000 contract and that can't happen. We can't reinvent the wheel every time. Um, I mean, somebody like Podango is just saying, here's a way to facilitate it easily. We've, we think this is the, a good way to do it. So they're, 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 he's creating a path of least resistance because he doesn't have time to spend 40 hours on every deal that he does. can't do it with hundreds and hundreds of podcasters <coughs> yeah. that we have. You can't do it. Will you please go in a little bit to the dance uh, situation? Yeah. Because that was one where you saw some of the uglies fall out. You've already, you're, on, you're on the other side of it. You're kind of on the elegant side of, of the solution. We're not. Well, Give us some guidance. When, when I first heard, I've been the president of this organization for five years, and I've 
been a member of it in one form or another for 35 years. And it's a 50-year-old organization. And the way it is structured is exactly what I think this organization needs to consider. That's why I'm so excited to have you up here talking about this. Because there was a lot I learned just in When I first started talking about this, to me, I just saw Wild Wild West. I saw gunfights going <laughs> off with all of these people coming from all of these different walks of life. And, all of these, and they're all very opinionated and extraordinarily vocal. And I'm thinking, this, how is this possible that we're even going to get to first base on trying to resolve some of these things. This is how RDA is set up. First of all, you have the United States. Something like that. Whatever. Close enough for jazz. Yeah. <laughs> um, the United States and our organization is divided into five regions. You've got the Northeast, the Southeast, the Mid-States, the Southwest, and the Pacific. Each one of these regions has their own association. And each one is a nonprofit organization. All of them, nonprofit. And they've all filed separately for. All have their all own 501c3. They all meet twice a year, and they all talk about the issues that they're facing in their region. Here, the organization that I'm president of is the Umbrella, and that's RDA. Two representatives from each region are on this board of directors. And those are voted on by each region. So now, instead of having 3,000 people wanting to be in this conversation, you've elected representatives, and you've got now 10. So here we are in Philadelphia talking about a government by representation. I don't know, there's a there rhythm to that. <laughs> okay. Now, here's, here's one of the things that you know I hear kind of from the discussion here. Is being a member of this organization going to be an endorsement of standards? It is for RDA. In order to become a member of RDA, you have to adhere to some standards. We do not dictate the style of dance. We do not dictate what dancers you have in your company, what technique you follow. We don't dictate anything. But there has to be a level of standard. You have to have two paid performances each year that people pay to come and see. You have to be a nonprofit organization. You have to have a certain level of technical ability apparent in your, your company in order to be a member. Once you become a member, you can go out and say, I'm a member of RDA that elevates people, that elevates these companies in the eyes of what we are after as professional dance companies. Uh, we're the farm team, basically, for professional dance companies. And so that's kind of how this works. So is it an endorsement of standards? If you don't want it to be an endorsement of standards, then anybody can be a member. If you want it to be an endorsement of standards, then it's going to get into a selective process. We leave that selection to each region. So each region here, we set down basic guidelines. Each region here has their own set of guidelines on how you become a member that coordinate with those basic guidelines. But it's not dictator by any means. And once you become a member of the region, you have been endorsed by the organization. Now, I know the 4As works that way. 
the American Association of Advertising Agencies. In order to become a member of the four A's, you have to, there's a screening process that goes on into effect. And once you've passed that screening process, and I know it's a rigorous process, but then you can put, I'm a member of the four A's. And once you do that, you're in a different ball, you're in a different league altogether. Um, what are the benefits that come from being a member of RDA? There's a lot of different ones. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've, you've already said you've got, you know, benefits. I mean, everybody's got their own benefits. Benefits for this isn't going to necessarily be what podcasters are interested in. But being a member of RDA brings benefits. It brings an endorsement of standards. And the way that it's set up makes it a manageable organization, an organization that can actually have forward movement as opposed to infighting and running around in circles, which is my biggest concern. The last thing we want to do is form an organization that doesn't get anywhere and makes us look like a bunch of circus people. But what did that organization look like 50 years ago? Exactly this way. It has stood up over 50 years. And when it, well, well when it I take that formed, back. Yeah, well, when it was first formed, it was I the Southeast it region started. The Southeast region started with a festival, a dance festival, where they had eight member companies. And then that led to the Northeast, and then that led to the Southwest Pacific and the Mid-States. Mm -hmm. So it started with one region. Now, what's interesting is we've kind of got that starting in podcasting. You know, you've got an association in the Northeast, correct? Sort of. One in the UK, for sure. In the yeah. UK. I UK mean, podcast. you've got podcaster associations so starting at County already. <laughs> And so I think it's kind of interesting how people are starting to gravitate in that direction anyway. And you also have... I'm sorry? It's the Association of the Northeast. What is it? The New England Podcasters. New England Podcasters mm -hmm. Association. Yep. Right. Well, if you're from Philadelphia, it would up with people in the New England. Evans, no. You need another one. The point is, if you take a regional... So, so what I'd like to do is just... Yeah, open for questions. But I just wanted to add just a little bit of this, that there have been associations for podcasting that have been thematic as well. Um, mm -hmm. what's, a, what's a geographic boundary? So for example, we had a global, the Association of Music Podcasting is probably the one of the first, it's not a, a fully vetted nonprofit association, but it was a first bound together, over 100 people membered, global in nature. So there, there have been ways of organizing based upon Sounds like there's geographic distinctions, mm -hmm. there's thematic distinctions, there may be policy distinctions. I think the, the point is that there are structures that have addressed specific needs for specific constituencies. Mm -hmm. And here's an example of it being effective for that constituency. So I have two questions, and then I'd like to ask the question, therefore, what? Um, so let's go here first, and then to the back, if you don't mind. I belong, I'm Station Marco. I belong to the Association of Independence and Radio, which is an international organization that goes way beyond radio. It's audio. And there, every single person on there is a podcaster. We're journalists that have all been contacted privately by corporations, and we're making more money being podcasters than we are being journalists. So we do both. And we also have the equipment and the ability to, you know, yeah, you're really wear it is nothing. Mm -hmm. We kind of have to think a thing about it to do what we're doing. But interestingly enough, 
you know, I belong to an organization where NPR has the motherload of podcasts going on. They have like 10 million downloads a month. Did you realize and that number? they're a member of our organization, while independent producers are bitching left and right about what they're getting paid, what they feel they should be getting paid, what they think they should have access to, the whole pod safe music thing. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff. So I see this discussion all day long. I mean, it's just nonstop. And it is back you know, backbiting where you'll get an email saying, if you go to NBA Podcaster, they told me they paid me 300 bucks a podcast, so you better not try to undercut me. And I was like, I'm going to say $750, and too bad if you lose. You know, I mean, it, there is a certain amount of, you know, like wild, wild west still going on, I think, and I know people that charge day rates too great. There are people behind so bars for having those conversations, by the way. What? <laughs> if you're, in the, oil, if you're yeah. in the oil business and you own a gas station on opposing corners and you have that conversation, you're in deep stuff. Yeah, no, I, that kind of stuff, I mean, that bothered me. So no, I was, it was, yeah, no, but it's a good point you're making. podcaster turned out to be somebody that was like, when our advertising dollars make it, we'll pay you more. And I'm like, no, that's a bad business plan, so I'll, I'll, I'll move along. But it, it, is, it has seemed like uncharted waters until about the past six months to or more where many, many people are starting to make quite a good income and get regular clients, but there is no standard, I guess, as yeah. to, you know, so do you feel there's a need for that? Is that the next step for you? I think it'd be nice to set some standards in relation to whether it has to be thematic as to those that are doing industrial podcasts. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say we want to hire journalists to do this because they know how to do the stuff already and it'll be quality sound as opposed to just sending anybody out there with the wrong microphone. That tr big T word, that trust word. You, you, you've established yourself there, so that makes sense. I mean, I have Drexel's Medical School as my first private. I mean, I, and I trademarked the name of their podcast and never even thought to charge for that because I was just being cute. Go <laughs> <laughs> call the MedCast, that'll be fine. But, you know, so you learn, you know, that's, I think it'd be great to have an organization that says, if you're going to uh, go cold call somebody and say, why aren't you podcasting? And then you should call it this. What do you charge for the marketing side? What do you charge for the, I host it, you script it, I yeah, it. Even if it's white paperish, guideline-ish kind of yeah. stuff, it would be helpful information. So a downloadable, with the Association of Downloadable Media, I guess, be able to provide those types. It depends on what the leadership of that organization decides to do. Um, but I think it's important that we come to some of these things about organizational structure. Can I, um, let's go to the back and, and the, yes. I just want to add one thing. Policy, what, what the national organization does in terms of policy is dictated by the regions. So it's dictated by the smaller organization. So what we deal with on the national board are directly the issues that are brought up by the membership, number one. Number two, one of the other things that I saw in my head when I started hearing about this is that there are podcasting associations that are very influential and have a lot of power, and then there are small podcasters who have virtually, you know, you know, very few listeners. The, the thing that I was really concerned about is that there was an equality that was brought into this picture. I didn't want the conversation to be dictated by somebody or some entity that has had a lot of power in the organization. And by doing it this way, where it's true representation, you get everybody onto the same foot. And I think that's going to be really important for the trust level. Yeah, we, we tried to adjust that, and it's a great point because an example of if um, and Apple pays $1,000 to become a member, or Pacha becomes $1,000 to become a member, and Wedding Podcast Network pays $150 to become a member. They each have the same number of votes, one. 
He has an equal voice as Apple does in the decision-making process of the ADM. I think everybody here, every time I come to these pod camps, somebody's got some brilliant new tactic, scheme, idea, content, delivery method, methodology, file format, something that goes, that's brilliant. And wouldn't it be great if everybody knew that and everybody could start using that so everyone could benefit from Whitney's one idea or everybody could benefit from, I mean, setting up a network. I mean, a lot of people started podcasts as, hey, it's the blah, blah show. And I think like uh, Robert and I, I forgot your name. Holly have the, had the brilliant idea earlier on of calling a network. They could add as many shows as they wanted to in their network. So their brand became a network instead of a show that then started to have to splinter off others. That a problem some of you may have run into if you get a successful podcast. Hey, I want to do the spin-off, but it's sort of now its own entity. Um, so those types of ideas bring it to the ADM. I mean, the ADM, what it is now, it's three letters. It's a URL. And what we hope it is, it's the mind share and input of everyone. Nothing's been decided. And also, can I make a distinction that I don't think we've talked about? We talk about different podcasting organizations that exist like they're an association. They're businesses, right? Podshow is a business. It is a for-profit business. An association, as I understand it, it's not there to make money. I'm not interested in, in spending so much time that I've already spent to whatever if I'm not going to get paid and I already work. So you get my point? Like, Let's, let's clarify terms. An association is not a business. Robert runs a very profitable and smart business because he wants to eat and pay his bills. An association protects a, a number of businesses or individuals. So I'd like to clarify, we can call it whatever we want, but this current thing is an association. It is not a business. So those other big powerful entities that are businesses, as Matt pointed out, one person can come from that company, or five if they pay that whatever price, but then one person can come who joined, who started podcasting yesterday, pay the money, and if they say something in a meeting or they vote, it doesn't make a difference. They raise their hand, their vote is as powerful as whoever. No, by way of example, the thing was started by Susan Broughton, who was getting her tips and tricks on podcasting from Gretchen and these guys at Macworld. She hadn't started yet. It was March that she really did her first episode. And she's in organizing this, so I think that's cool. It's one thing I really liked about it, is that you get the, I've been here since 2003, and mine was probably the first kind of a, I'm not saying this about me, by way of example, and you get other people that are contributing ideas. Yes? I suggest, and I've formed groups a lot of times. You seem to have a nucleus there, maybe there are a bunch of other people. You have a vision, put it together, see how many people buy into it. I buy into it. I frankly don't need to give you my input into what else I think that we want to get out of this association. But I hear of your vision, is there some level of egalitarianness? Gretchen's put up what I think is a very easy to understand mm -hmm. geographical structure to it. Meet amongst yourselves, say this is our vision, this is what we envision. See how many other people want to get involved with it. Use this as a place for feedback to get sure any other ideas <coughs> you might not want to miss. But yeah, it's actually I wouldn't spend a lot of time getting input from a thousand people. That's a wild, wild west way of doing it. Well, the, the structure how it's going to be set up, and great, because that's a great segue to structurally how any organization will be set up and how we propose that this one will be set up. Things will be set up on a committee level. Uh, if you go to the website, you'll see that there's five proposed committees on member benefits, terminology, ad standards, um, member membership drive, member outreach. And you can, as a member, you can become, get on that committee. So if you are here and you're raising your hand like, oh, I got an idea, 
you get on that committee, so you have like that larger voice to say, as a committee, this is how we're going to do uh, come out with member benefits. There's a committee chair that then reports to the, uh, I believe the advisory board or the executive board that uh, a decision is made to then implement or not implement. But it's at the committee level when the real nitty-gritty work is going to be done. So to be real clear just for a moment, the, and not that it matters a lot, but just by way of clarify, clarification here. Matt and John participated in the original organization of the ADM. Gretchen and I did not. Okay. okay. And now that it matters a lot at this point. Matt and I had a conversation after I learned about it. I said, what? give me a phone call. I had the same conversation with John. But they, they did what you suggested. They got in and got started. Um, that organizational structure that Matt was just talking about, I think works well for executing and getting some things done for the, for the association itself. I don't think it has the representation in it that Gretchen was talking about, and that's why I've been a little bit vocal and I've tried to be an amplifier for Scott Bourne and Leo Laporte and some of the other people that were kind of in this, you know, kind of quiet echo chamber, the one whispering very loudly, that's not right. Um, and blogging. <laughs> he, didn't, yeah, he didn't blog quietly. I guess it's hard to do. Yeah. Okay. So we need some time to get over there, right? That's what you're wrap up in five minutes. Yeah, I think I think we're kind of at a five minute limit right now. We should hard stop. So give us a two minute and then one of these, okay? That'd be great, Mark. Thanks so much, Doug, and then. David, and then we'll come over here, okay? I think I was pointing out to Gretchen, what did that organization look like 50 years ago? It was probably ugly. I mean, I'm sure there was maybe, maybe there wasn't, but, but it was 50 years ago. Right. The fact is, the fact is, it's like sausage. I mean, some people enjoy it. Nobody really wants to know how it's made. Scrap it. <laughs> I mean, they're in Philly. Yeah, and here you go. And, and the fact is, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be bleeding. Not everybody's going to be happy, but at the end of the day, it's going to be something that brings the most amount of people forward and moves the industry forward as a whole. And there's going to be people that fall off. They're not going to like it. It just is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think the ADM is catering to people that don't even yet know they're a podcaster. There's the car salesman that knows a lot about wine that thinks that someday he's going to do a show because people like Lee and myself have the tools for them to do so. I think it's, you know, this gentleman points out a valid point. I'd stop asking people and just get out there and do it make it happen and you know what's going to happen is well one thing I love about business. Susan Susan doesn't wait for anyone and she didn't have to go and get permission and Lisa Barnes had a great blog post about this she said don't ask for permission just go and that's yeah, what Susan that's Susan's the nature done. of podcasting is like it, it is. that was some of the criticism but it was like unless she called the, the 14 people she knew we wouldn't be sitting here today we'll just recruit well, a diverse and sort of wide group of people for these committees and stuff and reach out to a broader audience. Yeah, that was and one piece that came through. Broad, yeah. So we have one tactical part and I want to get back to the questions. Um, if you do decide to join, there is a first large meeting at uh, PNME on the Friday morning at 7.30 in the morning. Okay, I promise we'd come over here and then we'll be there. I'm sorry? How will that be handled for people who cannot be there? It's going to be recorded and podcast. Um, so no decisions will be made at that point. No, no, it's just like more more discussion. Now, at the I believe August eighth. I'm sorry, October eighth at midnight. That's when the the nomination period will end and voting will begin. So if you wish to be on a committee, if you wish to be a committee chair or on the advisory board or on the executive committee, because by no means do the current members of ADM have any power into being on the actual real board, no more than anyone sitting in here because it's purely by a vote, by a third party online method. And you that can self-nominate. 
So, so if you wish to join him, you can self vote. I mean, it's about as if you want to compete. I can make it. On. You can be an army of one. Go on the membership area. It's uh, just write a two hundred word little reason why I should be on whatever committee and just get submitted. In. Your, your point. Um, my question was for like a Panga or like a network type organization. Um, would we would we be sectioned off to where we as part of the country already incorporated? If we're like doing it as national or international type network, like how would that work? The organization or the member? Like where where would we where would our voice come from for representing a network that's national or international? Yeah. A lot of that's yet to be decided how how logistically it will be handled. We're hoping that it's handled like with a lot of new media so we use now so it's borderless. Um, we on the last call member call we had we heard voice concerns from the UK saying are you gonna have a meeting here and it just happened that PodCamp UK and Ireland was happening too quickly but we'd like this to just be borderless. Yeah short structural short short structural answer it's a 50136 a trade association that's it's a it's being created in the United States there's no boundary to membership it's a global membership and as we've described, I don't think the bylaws that have not been fully vetted and created wouldn't preclude. In other words, we would allow, as far as I understand, uh, any organization that, uh, that has you know, an interest in being part of this conversation. I've not heard any kind of preclusions for and, and There's no geographical purview. This is a great example. I mean, this is a wonderful paradigm, but it's not like if you join, you can only operate your network yeah. in the Northeast region. Like people have to dance in in a physical place. But you don't you podcast wherever. Yeah, it can be organized differently. <laughs> yeah, right. you could get different group sizes, and you could allow people to form groups willy nilly, and have that representation still there, right? And then you could be a member of only a certain number of groups. There's ways to put rules in place that then National Association of, of Music Merchants and others follow in terms of the organizational structure that are similar. They're not dissimilar from what. What Gretchen has said. Well, we have you different, had a point? different yes. we have different memberships. You, you know, you have uh, pre-professional members. You also have professional members. You also have, you know, modern dance companies. So there are classifications that also right. kind of cut orthogonally to these exactly. others. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick practical question about the model that you brought up, Gretchen, is uh, if every uh, member has one vote and then you've got this structure with this advisory board, how does that get? How do the how do the votes on the member level get? get translated into the votes with these 10 reps? These, these two people that come, you know, at a meeting, the, the concerns that this microcosm has are discussed, and then this person brings that to the national board and sets the agenda for this, this organization. And then that vote goes to the membership, and they all vote individually, or no, do they vote on the no, regional level? No, they make decisions it's, it's that's like here. How, it's like this is representation. <laughs> this is representation. Yeah, yeah. Except without so all. That, that's of this. Then, therefore, one member, one vote isn't really exactly that model. It's one member, no, it's one not. vote it's, here. It's, it's, but so, these people Yeah, these are voted. these are separate ideas. Really. And are they charged to to uh, vote on the council the way that yes. their region yes. told them to vote? And by these people voted. These two people, these representatives. So these people can take them out if they don't I, like I guess them. what I'm asking is on each, like let's say there's a resolution at play, do we all vote and then the majority says, okay, you two have to vote this way? Or are we yes. just saying what we want them to vote and then they decide how they'll vote? Some people don't like that. Right, exactly. And it, depend, it depends on, on what exactly is being said. In some ways, there are general discussions. In some ways, there are exact votes that happen. It depends on what's kind of going down. But um, 
What? And I just lost my train of thought. Take it. It'll come right back. As soon as we go okay. on to something else, it'll come right back. And yeah. you just come How often do the regions meet? They meet twice a year. They meet twice a year. If there's more business, we meet via telephone conference. So the region meets twice a year as well. Gretchen, right. you're not suggesting that the ADM be formed like this. I am. Oh, I am because what he just said about whoever wants to be on a committee can be on a committee is not going to work. Pardon me. It's too much. Yeah. You can't we have 100 kind of people on a committee. You cannot have 100 people on a committee and expect it to work. Yeah, it could be a committee is, is formed of just 20 people. Right. I think committees, I think, I think you have committees here that vote, send policy here, and you've got committees here. But, but you cannot have anybody just join a committee and expect that committee to be effective. It's not going to work. It helps that people are elected into a representational position because self-interest can start to take a bit of a back seat. I can go join a committee about monetization and, and with you know whatever I can bring as a, both a member and a lobbyist sort of member, a lobbyist member. It's a little dangerous. And that's one of the concerns that came out of, the, out of some of the comments in the surveys. And you're all welcome to see survey results as well. I, I'll, I'll uh, give you a URL for that before we're done here. I think it's called newmediasurvey.org or something like that. Well, you haven't said what that's from. You haven't said APOMP yet. No, because it doesn't exist. There was an informal working group, and Scott Bourne had a blog where he said APOMP, and we threw out 20 other names, and a lot of them did better than the ADM names. Some of them didn't. Some of them got laid an egg in terms of that. Suffice so to say, some serious work and effort has been put into considering not only the interest that's been espoused, espoused I guess is the right word, by the ADM, but by um, a collection of people who are just interested in figuring out what is needed for this community right. and what the community is and what it serves. That's right. five minutes. Thank you. How do we, how do we join? So given that we want to trust. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a, it's not, it's not, it's not PayPal. It's a, Thanks for your voices. Chris, Google Chris. Check out. What's the payment, online payment method? Uh, not best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. <laughs>